Welcome back to Miss Johnsy Johns. I'm so glad you're listening today. The first selection I've chosen is a poem by Lewis Carroll called Jabberwocky. I hope you will enjoy all the silly words. Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the barcoves and the moan raves outgrave. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjube bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand, long time the manxome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree and stood a while in thought. And as in uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock, with the eyes of flame, came whiffling through the tulgy wood and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through, the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head, he went galumping back. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. O fragus day, kalu kalay, he chortled in his joy. Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy where the bar goes, and the mumrads outrave. And next, The Crocodile, also by Lewis Carroll. How doth the little crocodile improve his shining tail and pour the waters of the Nile on every golden scale? How cheerfully he seems to grin, how neatly spread his claws and welcomes little fishes in the gently smiling jaw. And now, the Snow Queen. The roses were so beautiful that summer, more than ever before. The little girl had learned a hymn that had a line about roses, and these made her think of her own. She sang the verse to the little boy, and he sang it too. In the veil, the roses grow wild. Children play all the day. One of them is the Christ child. How lovely the summer was. The rose garden seemed as if it would never stop flowering. Kay and Gerda were sitting, looking at a picture book of birds and animals. And then just as the clock in the great church tower began to strike five, Kay said, oh, Oh, something pricked my in my heart. Oh, now I've got something in my eye. The little girl put her arm around his neck and he blinked his eyes, but no, there was nothing to be seen. It's, I think it's gone, he said, but it wasn't. It was one of those tiny splinters from the demon's looking glass. I'm sure you remember it. Poor Kay. He had gotten another piece right in his heart, which would soon be like a lump of ice. He didn't feel it hurting now, but it was there all right. Why are you crying? He asked. It makes you look horribly ugly. There's nothing the matter with me. Ugh! He cried suddenly. 
That rose has a worm in it. And look at that one, it's crooked. They're rotten, all of them. So were the boxes too. And then he kicked the box hard and tore off the two roses. Kay, what are you doing? cried the little girl. And when he saw how frightened she was, he tore off a third rose and ran at his window. Ran in at his window. Away from his little friend Gerda. After that, when she brought out the picture book, he said that it was baby stuff. When the grandmother told him stories, he would always find fault and argue. He would even walk close behind her, put on spectacles and mimic her way of talking. It was so well done that it made the people laugh. So he could mimic the ways of everyone in the street, especially if they were odd or unpleasant. People used to say, oh, he's clever, that boy. But all this came from the splinters of glass in his eye and in his heart. They made him tease even little Gerda, who loved him more than anything in the world. His games had become quite different now. They were so scientific and practical. One winter's day, as the snowflakes drifted down, he brought out a magnifying glass, then held out the corner of his blue jacket to catch some of the falling flakes. Now, through the glass, look through the glass, Gerda, he said, and she saw that every flake was much, very much larger and looked like a splendid flower or a ten-pointed star. It was certainly a wonderful sight. Look at that pattern. Isn't it marvelous? said Kay. These are much more interesting than real flowers, and there isn't a single fault in them. They're perfect, if only they didn't melt. A little later, Kay came back wearing big gloves and carrying his sled on his back, and he shouted into Gerda's ear, They're letting me go tobogganing in the town square where the others are playing. And away he went. Out in the square, the boldest boys would often tie their sleds to the farmer's carts and so be pulled along for quite a ride. It was enormous fun. This time, while their games were in full swing, a very large sled arrived. It was painted white all over, and in it sat a figure muffled up in a white fur cloak and wearing a white fur hat. The sled drove twice around the square, but moving quickly, Kay managed to fix his own sled behind it, and a swift ride began. The big sled went faster and faster, then turned off into the next street. The driver looked round and nodded to Kay in the friendliest fashion, just as if they had always known each other. Every time that Kay thought of unfastening his sled, the driver would turn and nod to him again. So he kept still. On they drove straight out of the city gates and now the snow began to fall so thick and fast that the little boy couldn't even see his hand in front of him as they rushed along. At last he did manage to untie the rope, but it was of no use. His little sled still clung to the big one and they sped along like the wind. He cried out at the top of his voice, but no one heard him. The snow fell and the sled raced on. From time to time, it seemed to jump as if they were going over dikes and hedges. Terror seized him. He tried to say the Lord's Prayer, but all he could remember was multiplication tables. The snowflakes grew bigger and bigger until at last they looked like great white birds, 
All at once, they swerved to one side. The sled came to a halt and the driver stood up. The white fur cloak and cap were all of snow and the driver, ah, she was a lady, tall and slender, dazzling white. She was the Snow Queen herself. We've come far and fast, she said, but you must be frozen. Creep under my bearskin cloak. She put him beside her in the sled and wrapped the cloak around him. He felt as if he were sinking into a snowdrift. Are you still cold? She asked, and she kissed him on the forehead. Ah, her kiss was colder than ice. It went straight to his heart, which was already halfway to being a lump of ice. He felt as if he were dying, but only for a moment. Then he felt perfectly well, and he no longer noticed the cold. My sled! Don't forget my sled! That was the first thought that came to him. So it was tied to one of the big white birds, which flew along with the little sled on its back. The Snow Queen kissed Kay once again. And after that, he had no memory of Gerda, or the grandmother, or of anyone at home. Now I must give you no more kisses, said the Snow Queen, or you would be kissed to death. Kay looked at her. She was so beautiful. He could not imagine a wiser, lovelier face. She no longer seemed to him to be made of ice, as she once had seemed when she came to the attic window and waved to him. Now in his eyes, she was perfect, and he felt no fear. He told her that he could do mental arithmetic and fractions too, that he knew the square miles of all the principal countries and the number of inhabitants. As he talked, she smiled at him until he began to think that what he knew was, after all, not quite so much. And he looked up into the vast expanse of the sky as they rose up high, and she flew with him over the dark clouds. While the storm wind whistled and raved, making him think of ballads of olden times. Over forest and lake they flew, over sea and land. Beneath them screamed the icy blast. The wolves howled. The snow glittered. The black crows soared across the plains, cawing as they went. But high over all shone the great clear silver moon, and Kay gazed up at it all through the long, long winter night. During the day, he slept at the Snow Queen's feet. That is the end of part the second of the Snow Queen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have enjoyed the variety of reading today. And we will meet again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>